रोशनी का करवा So, so uh, after you worked with uh, this uh, rehab center, uh, which was started by Mario, uh, where did you move professionally after that? Uh, two years. Um, two years. I didn't do much. I mean, I had just been married while I was working in two thousand and two. I had been married, and uh, um, while I was still working in things like that, and this organization packed up, I thought, okay, let me give myself some time to. Sort of regroup and see what I wanted to do, and uh, I was still working from home. And all the beneficiaries who had come, and you know, they had become a lot of them had become friends, and we had uh, this entire uh, set of volunteers uh, from various places who used to do their recording of uh, you know study material and things. So I continued doing a whole lot of stuff uh, from there, but. Uh, there was always this hankering to get back into the hotel industry which was my uh, industry of choice and uh, education um but didn't know how uh, fortunately then again like i said a lot of things happened that way for me um there was a hotel uh, opening up in hyderabad called the justa group of hotels and uh, the person who the founder of the hotel the ceo and the founder of the hotel was a former uh, oberoi employee right uh, and he was hiring um he was looking for people in hyderabad while still setting up the hotel and uh, uh, the sales manager who was going to take over was a dear friend of mine and she told me why don't you try because she knew that i wanted to do this yeah and um, so sort if of i met him and then he didn't know how i would go about things so i explained to him how we worked with the computer and various things so uh, that's what gave me my entry into the hotel which was just for 3 months for a trial because he needed to see how it would work and you know whether it would made any sense to him or not so that's where the my journey and reentry into the hotel industry began and then uh, moving on what 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 happened after that maybe you uh, well uh, i continued like i said 3 3 months is what he said but i remember he used to sit in his office and he used to listen in because his office was right uh, where uh, at the back office where i used to work and uh, uh, every time he was in hyderabad he'd sit and he'd sort of listen in to um my calls uh, while he was doing his work obviously could hear me and uh, he was very surprised that uh, i was uh, effective with you know introducing the hotel and inviting people to come and see the hotel and things like that and so he said okay fine and we can continue and then um, it went on slowly my area of work expanded from being just a simple telecaller to becoming a sales executive and uh, uh, i was given my own uh, portfolio initially uh, uh, i didn't have a revenue target and things like that but then as it grew i started generating my own clients and did prospecting and things like that and uh, went full fledged into uh, full time sales uh, both unit and regional sales i did that uh, uh quite a bit for almost uh, it lasted for 12 years eventually so you connected with your clients on the phone and um, yes. it must have been some experience when they came face to face with you <laughs> yes some of them <laughs> did some of them i i didn't have an opportunity to meet a whole lot of them because uh, uh my primary portfolio was uh, you know um regional 
um, I did very little local things, but local sales. But uh, uh, when it uh, when they did travel in and things like that, I've had some funny experiences with people where uh, uh, I still remember my first uh, client who I uh, sort of you know earned from, and he came in and he wanted to meet me and things like that. I walked out to meet him and he was completely stumped. He could not open his mouth and say a word to me because he was so <laughs> stunned to see this person standing in front of him who he'd been interacting so closely for weeks. Yeah. Uh, was was eventually blind and, uh, mm. you know, he gave me a very limp handshake and a very, uh, uh, you know, under his breath greeting and things like that and disappeared. I had planned to, you know, take him to lunch and do my regular sales executive thing, but yeah. he didn't give me an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, but, uh, uh, but there were some who were extremely uh, happy to meet with me and very, very forthcoming and told me to my face how happy and encouraged they were to see, you know, uh, a blind person doing um, so much and, uh, you know, so, so that was, that was, uh, it was encouraging. It was uh, so when you a moved, validation. So when you moved around the hotel, uh, did you use your cane or you were oriented yes, enough to? Yes, it depended on where I went. It depended on where I went because uh, from my back office, um, I worked uh, from the hotel for a while and then I started working from home yeah. because uh, our staff grew and, you know, I didn't really need to be at the hotel. I used to go to the hotel every Saturday for my meetings. Yeah. But yes, I knew my way around. So uh, uh, downstairs, uh, where my from my office to the conference rooms and things like that, I pretty much I just needed to trail. But I always had my cane. Other areas of the hotel, I would use the cane or a sighted person or sighted guide for the simple reason that uh, since it was a public space, um, yeah. there were a lot of people that would be randomly moving around and you know wouldn't really know why I bumped into them. So. Um, Often, if I was moving into a space which I knew was a public area, I preferred to simply go with the sighted person. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned that um, uh, around the time you finished with uh, Mario Thompson's organization, you got married. Uh, uh, would you like to tell us the story of how you got married? How did you meet your husband and uh, what was the story behind it? Well, I... Uh, <laughs> uh, I was, I was, I'm not married anymore. So, yeah. uh, but it was a, uh, it was interesting because I met him at the organization itself, at Cabby itself. He right. uh, was a friend, uh, uh, Mario's friend who I was introduced to and uh, uh, we just got talking and uh, I first met him uh, as soon as I had joined. And then after that for two years, I didn't see him at all. And two years later, he happened to uh, come to the hotel again for some work and we got talking and things and had a lot of things in common and um, he was a man who liked to uh, he had he liked to ask a lot of questions and since he had been around Mario he wasn't phased by a blind person right. and um, uh, so he uh, we just we just got talking and things got uh, you know um, uh, we, we a little deeper and we started interacting a lot more over the phone and we saw that we had things in common and perhaps uh, uh, we could uh, make a go of things and uh, we were uh, we decided to sort of give a relationship a chance and uh, we were together for uh, two years uh, before we um, decided to get married we uh, you know a lot of lot of learning a lot of new things and uh, I learned a whole lot of new things from him and he was very creative and um, worked with a lot of solutions uh, for me um, right. you know, around the house and things like that 
So uh, that's that's basically it. And then we we met and we married for eight years before. Uh, um, Somewhere along the line, I think we uh, sort of realized, perhaps, both of us, that uh, um, it, it, the relationship or the marriage wasn't really how we thought it would be. And uh, uh, things just started going wrong, and uh, it continued to go wrong. And then eight years uh, into the marriage, we uh, sort of decided to uh, go our own separate ways. So this was while you were still with the hotel? Yes, it was well while I'm still with the hotel. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So, so uh, at some point of time, I believe you decided to move on from the move on from the hotel and start something, uh, do something else. So, uh, what was it? What is it that you? Uh, what was it that you transitioned into? And uh, is that what you're doing even today? Uh, I did various things actually while I was with the hotel. Also, uh, there was. Uh, you know, um, as much as I liked doing what I did and things like that, but there uh, there was a space and uh, in time where I suddenly started feeling redundant, you know, mentally redundant. And that I think there's nothing more uh, debilitating or uh, destructive than a redundant mind. Uh, and I um, started feeling because there were things that I wanted to do within the hotel, but, um, you know, a small uh, hotel company had certain functions uh, which they didn't really necessarily need like a separate training department or things like that so it was a lot of it was on the job but yeah. these are things that I was interested in you know communications and stuff but they didn't seem to need that work so I continued doing the same thing and I got till I actually got bored and uh, I discovered thanks to you know few people who um, used to read and comment on small things that I wrote and they told me that well you can write why don't you write so I started writing um, I started my own blog and I started writing for other people as well um, some amount of content writing and things so that I used to do on the side which I still do in uh, you know uh, spurts in bits and pieces even today then I uh, also started doing um, meeting people I started doing uh, you know, um, some amount of motivational speaking. I used to um, do, um, have conversations, did some counseling uh, with, with other people with disabilities, especially blindness, and since people knew me around there. So on the side, I used to do a lot of, this kind of activity was my activity for the soul. It truly kept my mind and my soul alive. And uh, um, last year, was it uh, 2019? Yes, it was last year when I finally um, sort of, uh, uh, called it quits with the hotel and uh, uh, I was asked to join uh, this was again another friend who used to um, you know run this organization called who still runs this organization called Mercury Medica yeah. so we uh, at Mercury Medica we primarily work with uh, um, emergency uh, you know medical services equipment for emergency medical services and uh, also with uh, evacuation equipment, uh, CPR and uh, first aid training and uh, equipment. So uh, he asked me to, you know, work with him and he said, why don't you come and see, you know, come and touch and feel all the equipment that is there and I'll give you a better understanding of what it is. Yeah. So you could probably, uh, you know, uh, you're in any case interacting, used to interact with corporate clients and things like that. You could do some amount of sales and you could learn, um, you know, uh, how to train people with CPR in CPR and first aid and things. So I went there and it was a fascinating, it was a totally uh, new space and it was something that was so diverse from 
like somebody told me from you went from hospitality to hospitals that was literally yeah, how it was that's an, yeah that's an interesting move <laughs> <laughs> so for the right for the I, right uh, reasons i enjoyed it yeah for, it for the right for the no for the right reasons you 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 didn't visit the hospital for treatment you went there for no we didn't <laughs> no we didn't need to that thankfully thankfully i did need to do that and i was still doing my uh, you know calling and things like that talking to people and uh, establishing relationships and the new things that i did was i started working with b2b um, uh you know sites uh, and i learned it was a learning experience then the one most wonderful thing that i did was i went and i got myself uh, certified as a um first aid and cpr uh, service provider at the uh, uh, with the american uh, uh what's it called uh, american health association uh, so they uh, they are the people who certify uh, you as a trainer so uh, i'd or a service provider so yeah. i took that and i think i would probably be the only uh, blind person who's actually certified to um you know uh, teach people how to use uh, to give cpr and first aid so that is uh, some of what i'm doing uh, right now so where does this equipment fit in uh, to your cpr and uh, uh... well the entire equipment for instance we use uh, we uh, you know have uh, um uh, equipment related to uh, sudden cardiac arrest and things like that which we sell those are the uh, uh, automatic uh, external defibrillators or the aeds as they fall yeah. so uh, when uh, a lot of this equipment today is mandatory in terms of uh, um you know with at, at to to for organizations to have whether it's a corporate or whether it's a retail outlet or whether it's a you know even homes and things like that uh, it's it's necessary for these things to be around so what we do is uh, we sell the equipment and we uh, help people understand how to use the equipment we give their uh, their personal uh, training in um, you know first aid like we sell first aid kits now there are various kinds of first aid kits so specific to a particular area or to a particular um, you know uh, company or uh, um what's it called uh, um, the market we are uh, customize things for them and teach them how to use it and we also do full term training full time training full day half day training for uh, people how to learn um to save a life so it it's in conjunction with uh, both because we uh, we sell the equipment and we train them uh, on how to use the equipment as well so the company sells and you are part of their training training team yeah to, yes yes we it. sell and we train we do both and uh, this does does get you to travel across the country or it's mainly in hyderabad uh no it could get me to travel i went to bangalore actually uh to i took this because this was something that i wanted to do with the you know people with disabilities as well because i don't think we are particularly aware of how to save our own lives and to save the lives of people that are around us and yeah. i i did a a pilot training program in bangalore with uh, you know a whole bunch of blind people and it was amazing to see how fascinated they were with this entire thing it would allow me if i had clients i had the freedom uh, to travel wherever i needed to with clients and things like that but unfortunately for me um, just as i started getting into the thick of things uh, covid struck oh. so uh, things are uh, at a little bit of a standstill especially my training programs and things like that are at a standstill just now right so that's unfortunate but it's something yes that i can travel with it wherever i choose to so there are three things that uh, came to me while we were having this chat 
there are three things that you said and you, or, or, or I perceived that you are passionate about. Number one, you said you're passionate about cooking somewhere down the line. You also yeah. mentioned that you were uh, passionate about, um, about, about talking yeah. And and, and uh, there was a third passion that you men mentioned, which was books. Yeah. So uh, how do you keep in touch with these three passions? Uh, books first, uh, yeah. books, audiobooks. Thankfully, um, uh, somebody introduced me to audiobooks and uh, uh, I still remember the first set of books, the uh, first book that I ever read uh, on audio cassettes at that point in time was John Grisham's uh, Pelican Brief. I don't wow. think I'll ever forget it. It was the most... Um, you know, a fascinating experience. And I cannot tell you the joy at, uh, you know, actually being able to listen to a book, have someone, you know, just lie back and put a plug in your earphones and have somebody read the entire book to you. So that was totally life transforming because I uh, discovered audiobooks from there and from time to time, then this at Cavi itself also, there were a whole bunch of uh, audiobooks that uh, they used to keep in our, we used to have in our library. So I, mm used to run through all of that and uh, slowly as we went on then you know joined these a uh, whole lot of email emailing lists for blind people that share books and things like that so right. that was uh, what opened my life to audiobooks and mp3 players and of course now audible and uh, you know the victor reader stream and all that and voice tree reader so life's fabulous where my books are concerned so what um, are the kind what are the kind of authors you kind of uh, read well i'm a i'm a fiction junkie and i'm a romance buff so i read a lot of lot of books that uh, you know that that are uh, about optimism and uh, you know uh, eventually end in and they live happily ever after <laughs> as much as people laugh at me just read it yesterday i was reading a tweet where an author has a romance uh, fiction author has said that you know life is uh, um, it, it, it's about optimism and there's nothing, there's a lot of difference uh, between being uh, just a simpler, simple believer and being naive. So, uh, you know, that genre has a lot of optimism and hope that it gives me every time I read it. And if I'm reading a book that uh, I think is going this way and that way and might not end happily, then I quickly go to the end and end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cheat, cheat on the book. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to do. Can you imagine me reading a suspense thriller or something? I'll be only reading from the back. <laughs> so, so yes, a lot of fiction. I mean, women's literature. I do a lot of women's literature. I like to read a lot of articles about... Uh, you know, feminism and rights and uh, that kind of stuff. So I do a very, it's a, it's a wide uh, kind of self-help. I enjoy some amount of spirituality and self-help kind of right. thing. So yeah. it depends on what I'm feeling like. <laughs> That's okay. about it. Wonderful. Uh, so then, what about, uh, what about the second thing? Cooking. Um, well, well, cooking, cooking um, was something that I've uh, done a lot of uh, over a period of time after I learned uh, Mario taught me how to cook. Uh, I mean, he re reintroduced me to cooking safely. Uh, uh, I've done a lot of cooking. And uh, strangely enough, while there were a lot of people that used to cook, blind people who were, you know, absolutely proficient and fabulous cooks and things, there was really nobody who went out there and spoke about it. And in their own small circles, they helped people and things like that. And uh, over a period of time, I think even through Ivy, I used to get, um, you know, when there were questions about food and cooking and things like that, and um, help desk used to sort of, uh, somehow they everyone discovered that 
I might be a person who can help people. And I've got so many calls that have been redirected to me uh, to help people with cooking and things like that. So suddenly I found myself in this middle of this entire teaching blind people how to cook space, which was so, so fulfilling. And I uh, cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed uh, doing this over uh, over the years. And I... Uh, um, so what are some of the what are what are some of the favorite uh, uh, dishes that you actually? Uh, I love to make? bake, George. I enjoy baking a great deal. So I love to bake. I bake a. Um, I have few signature things. One of which is my uh, um, chocolate banana bread. Then I make a chocolate cake and then a chocolate mousse and things like that. And I love to experiment with uh, uh, with salads. And I love to Indian food, of course, that we cook regularly. And experimenting with that, I do a whole lot of um, experimenting with the regular Punjabi food and the South Indian food, which is where I live. So um, a whole lot of that. So I basically like to experiment with things. And now, thanks to YouTube and all that, is available. It's uh, pretty simple. So coming to YouTube, uh, recently about when the lockdown hit, I again found myself in the middle of a whole lot of cooking activity because we had a whole you know bunch of blind people who were stuck in various places cooking on their own and not being able to buy food from outside and things like that. And um, there was a demand uh, for uh, wanting to learn how to cook. So I had invitations on webinars to talk to people about cooking and safe cooking and what they could buy and what they could use. Um, then a few friends said that, why don't you start giving lessons and make recordings or something like that? Uh, that was born uh, in April, my YouTube channel, which is called Rasoi Kerahese, where uh, I teach a blind person. I have audio tutorials which teach a blind person how to cook from scratch, I orient them to their kitchens, to ingredients, to methods of cooking, to storage, refrigeration, uh, identifying accessible cookware, and uh, a lot of it with the, you know, how to cut fruits and vegetables, certain things that a lot of people seem to not know how to do. I give them glossary, uh, nice. glossary of uh, ingredients of names in English and Hindi spices because they were all ordering online and sure. sometimes didn't know how what was called what you know so I did all of that and it's been it's been uh, really really uh, it's been received really well because uh, I've got uh, people telling me that you know they never thought they could cook but my channel seems to have helped them and motivated and encouraged them. I couldn't ask for more. So I think uh, the next time I'm in Hyderabad, uh, I've been to Hyderabad several times, but I don't know why I haven't done this, but I need to make sure that I come to your house and try some of your bake. Most, <laughs> most certainly. You should, you should. Next time you're around, please let me know. I and uh, I can, I would, it would be a pleasure. So my talking, the talking bit of it comes pretty much in this whole thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, talking to people about cooking and food and then of course uh, motivational speaking a whole lot of uh, inspirational talks and uh, sensitization workshops and all of those kind of things so the minute you start getting noticed and people hear of you and I'm part of the Indian Women Network of the CII here in Hyderabad so right. um, I've been uh, you know in, in the meetings I've been noticed over there and because of that I've met and I've had a lot of opportunities open up there. So that's uh, wonderful. That's how things are to Yeah. So uh, I think um, uh, I, I I should say thank you very much for 
giving this time to speak to me on IBA conversations. It's been a pleasure um, uh, going through your story and the experiences you, that you've had and uh, the attitude with which you kind of lived your life and um, also the, the, the truth that, um, you know, uh, you don't have to be sighted to be able to do things. Even blind people can do things, you know, it's, it's blindness is not, uh, not a, a, a kind of a full stop to life. And I think that's, that's a wonderful uh, uh, learning from this conversation. And I think um, your life is a total testimony to, 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 to how life can be lived to the full with passion, chasing things that you enjoy doing and, uh, you know, living as part of the larger community uh, and, and so on. So thank you so much for sharing your life and, uh, and uh, wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks, George. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful running this down with you. And uh, I hope to, uh, you know, uh, uh, speak with you a lot more over the times as they come and as they happen. Good luck with this. Thank you again. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye.